This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm crazy grateful for all of you who subscribe, share, and leave reviews. If this is your first time, welcome to the Elevate community. Like our home church, Living Word, I and the Elevate leaders work as hard as we can to build an atmosphere of love to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. It would mean the world to us if you helped us get the word out by sharing this episode on social media. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate, visit us at iloveelevate.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for everything you do, which brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. Welcome, Elevate. Thank you to the many of you that dressed up tonight as community heroes. It was cool seeing all your uniforms, particularly those that involve some sort of sewage. Elijah, looking at you. You guys are awesome. Thank you for dressing up like doctors and army people. and You guys are great. I am, if you haven't figured it out yet, I am dressed like a preacher tonight because I want to throw tons of respect to anyone who preaches the Word of God. But I am specifically my dad who back in the 90s, when every other preacher was wearing a suit, black loafers and tassels, he was wearing a suit with white sneakers. So love you, Dad, if you're watching right now. You're my hero. Tonight is the penultimate night of this series, which means it's the second to last one, but it is our final challenge, the final hard thing. And we've been going through a book called Do Hard Things, And it lays out challenges, and none of them are easy. None of them fit within our comfort zones. Every one of them takes an intentional choice to push us beyond where we already are. And let's review real quick. The last four weeks, there's the ring finger. What did it represent? Getting out of your comfort zone. Excellent, because if you don't marry yourself to getting out of your comfort zone, you're not going to be able to do any of the others. The next one was the longest finger, your middle finger. What did it represent? Excellent. Thank you. Go beyond what's expected of you. Then there was the thumb. What did it represent? Collaborate. You guys are on it. And then the pinky finger last week. What did it represent? Diligence and small things. Excellent. Tonight we're talking about the index finger, the one remaining one. There is a series of books that I am a fan of. They're the series called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And they are nonsense ridiculous humor, and they're written by a guy who was a very outspoken atheist, but he wrote satire, which was very insightful into the human race. And so as silly as it is that I like the humor of these books, there is something about the way he writes that is sort of revealing about us. And he writes in his third book about a way to turn things invisible. And it's science fiction, and it's silly, Just but bear with me. There's a point behind this. A way to turn things invisible. And, he, and the book says, you know, if, to turn something invisible, it takes lots of power and it takes lots of money and it's expensive. So there's no point in doing that. But what there is is called an SEP field, a someone else's problem field. And it's easy to set up. And what you do is you make the thing you want to be invisible strange in some way, something that's hard to accept. And the human mind will just look around it. It will erase it as if they don't see it all together. And here's a direct quote. It says, that the SCP is a cheap, easy, and staggeringly useful way of safely protecting something from unwanted eyes. It utilizes, listen to this, a person's natural tendency to ignore things they don't easily accept. Any problems one may have understanding it become someone else's problem. An SCP field 
can only be seen if caught by surprise or out of the corner of one's eye. This is where the rubber meets the road is because we have SEPs, someone else's problems, around us all the time. And they look like someone's hurts or needs or rejections or injustices that are all around us in this world. And many times we will set up this SEP field around them so that we don't have to deal with something that's inconvenient, hard to understand, or frustrating. But God's people are not blind to SEPs. Who are we? Let's look at Romans 12, 2. And you should know this verse already. If you've memorized it, kudos to you. Because this defines us. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be molded, shaped, bent by it. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So we don't fit to the pattern of the world. We're transformed by the Holy Spirit inside of us. Elevate. We are strangers in our society. We don't fit in well. We think differently than the people around us. We act differently than the people around us. And our lives have a purpose that's different than the people around us. And so there's always pressure on us. There's always pressure to start conforming, to start looking just a little bit more like the world a little bit less like who we're called to be. And this pressure wears on us over time, and it makes us want to start dressing like other people. It makes us want to talk like them, to be into the same things as them. But elevate, we are called to stand out. We are called to be different. Not only are we called to be unaffected by the culture, but God calls us, and here's the purpose of tonight, to change the environments that we are in. What does Jesus have to say? He says in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth. What is the purpose of salt? It changes the flavor. It enhances what is good. It doesn't just lay there. It actually goes on to say that if salt loses its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's worthless if it is not changing its environment. Check this out. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A light. A light changes its environment. It chases shadows away. It reveals and illuminates. What's the purpose of a light if you have it and you're covered up, right? People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand so it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Don't miss this. So they may see your good works. You change the environment through your good works for the purpose of giving glory to your Father who is in heaven. There's a reason that your pinky toe finds all the furniture when you're in the dark. There's a reason that you wear a helmet when you go into caves, because in the dark, you bump into things. You bump into things and get hurt yourself. You bump into other people and hurt them. And we live in a culture where we are always bumping into things and hurting ourselves. And we live in a culture where we hurt each other. And as God's people, we come in to bring illumination so that they can see truth. So they can stop being hurt, but as we understand, hurt means to die in sin and go to hell. And so that we stop hurting each other and start having compassion and love for each other. We change the environments that we are in. In our world that doesn't have biblical truth, people are constantly fishing in the dark. They're constantly living these bland and purposeless, empty lives. 
But someone who walks in the Holy Spirit is going to see needs. They're going to see injustices. They're going to see darkness. And they're going to run to the purpose of changing it. And you know what? Standing for truth could be reporting an abusive parent of a friend. It could be crossing the ocean to bring mosquito nets to people who are dying of malaria. Or it could be elevate crossing the game room to bring attention and care to someone that you see that's outside of your immediate friend circle. Hard thing number five is to point to truth and to take a stand for something. Point to truth and take a stand. Even when it's unpopular, even when it's hard, even when you get resistance, to have a purpose that is greater than just your own life, your own purpose. Now, I want to change maybe the way you think a little bit for the next 30 seconds. Not cheating on tests, dressing modestly, speaking biblical truth to popular issues. These are... You know, the the general pursuing what is righteous and rejecting what is wrong, not lying, not gossiping, that is baby Christian stuff. That's following Jesus 101. That's spiritual infancy. That's following Jesus light. We are more than just our personal lives rejecting what is wrong and pursuing what is righteousness. Congratulations. That is ground zero. That Jesus forgives us of our sin and we walk in his holiness. But there is more to the Christian life of a mature believer. And that is someone who is led by the love and power of God to make a difference, to change the world around them and to be a history maker. And I'm calling you, Elevate, to engage hard thing number five and to stop settling for just your life and live for something greater than yourself. We have SEPs around us all the time. Listen to this article from ABC News about a truck driver. You would never have heard the name Kevin Kimmel. He's just some guy, you know. That's a quote from Hitchhiker's Guide. This guy is just a truck driver, and he pulled into a truck stop. And here's what it had to say. A kind of unusual family recreational vehicle was parked nearby, and it caught his eye. The thing that stuck out was that this was an old RV with black curtains and wasn't very family-ish. Kimmel says he watched a man approach the RV and knocked before entering. He saw what he thought was a minor female appear from behind the curtain before abruptly disappearing. Immediately, he pulled out his phone and looked up the contact details for his local sheriff. Police cars were soon on the scene, ushering away what Kimmel described as a female in really bad shape. A man and a woman in handcuffs soon followed. The woman he spotted was 20-year-old sex trafficking victim. She had been lured away from her home in Iowa, held against her will, and subjected to gruesome ordeal of torture, sexual assault, and forced prostitution. At the trial, it was revealed that the, that the couple had driven nails into her feet and burned her with metal instruments heated up on the RV's stove. Without the concern or quick thinking of Kevin Kimmel, she may never have been found. Elevate. 80 to 90% of people in the sex trade in the United States, are never set free or found. He was aware. I love that it says that he, it caught his eye. He spotted an SEP out of the corner of his eye. Man, 
We become so fixated in our shallow desires and our complaints. The newest update jacked up my phone. Someone's gossiping about me. Someone's arguing with me on the internet. My teacher doesn't like me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have all these little complaints, but there are SCPs around us all the time. There are purposes greater than just my tiny perspective. Guys, there are nice, comfortable SEP fields around poverty, around the genocide of abortion, around bullying, around loneliness, human trafficking, millions dying because of dirty water, abuse, rampaging diseases like HIV, and a multi-generational addiction to pornography. There's even a cozy little SEP around that homeless guy at Rouse's. There's a nice cozy little SEP around the reject at your school. And it's so much easier to just write them off, to see around them as someone else's problem. There's even SEP fields around the people that you know that don't know Jesus yet. Someone else's problem. Jesus saw plainly the darkness around him, and he responded with compassion and with action. Jesus never sat by someone who was rejected or beaten down. He never sat by and listened to falseness. He was always pointing at truth and standing for something. And we need to start being a little bit more like Jesus. Elevate. Every environment you're in, whether it's home, school, work, wherever, you have the ability to either be a thermometer or a thermostat. What does a thermometer do? That's right. It moves with the temperature of the room, with the circumstances and the environment around it. What does a thermostat do? It changes the environment of the room. It takes action against it. Elevate, we are called to be salt and light, to be thermostats in every circle, in every situation. We're supposed to see what other people are looking through. We're supposed to spot what everyone else ignores. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works. And the whole purpose of this is to give glory to God our Father. An example, Connor was 15 years old when he read a World Vision magazine and saw that people were dying from a lack of clean water. His whole perspective changed about his own life. The SCP field had been lifted. Spring and summer came and went, and he continued to feel an ache. He had a simple idea sell bracelets to sponsor a well to be dug in Africa. He's getting out of his comfort zone. The idea wouldn't go away, so he recruited help, collaboration, from Dan, who was 16, Jared, 15, Kyle, 17, and Logan, 15. They pooled their resources and began connecting with schools and churches. They went beyond expectations to spread awareness and raise money. They called their movement Dry Tears. They spoke to thousands of people, sold 3,500 bracelets, then shirts, then water bottles. They had diligence in small things. They raised $20,000. 90% of that was from teenagers. This money was donated to the Blood Water Mission, which funded the construction of four water wells, giving pure water to thousands, saving countless lives. They are presently expanding and putting dry-tier branches all over the United States. Connor is having a greater impact as a teenager than most adults will their whole lives. You have the potential and the power of the Holy Spirit to see a need and to make a difference. 
He pointed to truth, and he stood for something he believed in. I remember once I was in junior high, and I was getting bullied in a locker room whenever a high school student stepped between me and those guys. That was someone in my life that saw a need and stepped in for truth. Consider, I don't know if you know her, but the former, former, former youth pastor of Elevate had a nice cushy job of being a youth pastor here, Tara, but she saw a need over on the north side. So she left this job to go and start Hope Extreme, which has bloomed into Hope Community Church, which has branched off into Hope Restored because she saw a need that other people were overlooking. How many people drive from the north side and they're happy to overlook what's on, going on up outside their windshield? But she saw a need. I've known a girl who opened up a Christian club at her school called I Am Enough. What a great name. Another one who opened up Destination, I mentioned her two weeks ago, Summer Allen, who brought toiletries to those who didn't have anything in the Appalachian Mountains. I knew a girl that opened up a worship service during her lunch period called Red Durango Worship. How did you find her in the parking lot? She was at the Red Durango. So simple and so beautiful. I love the culture of of Living Word Church that so many people are doing short-term and long-term fostering. They're not overlooking. They're seeing a need, and they're meeting it. Consider your e-group leaders that come week in and week out. Both Elijah and Bailey Cockerham had Christian clubs at their schools. We had girls from here open up a Christian club at Nichols. These are people that are engaging the world around them. They're not settling for being salt without flavor, for taking their lamp and covering it up. They're seeing a need and going. Elevate doing what's right always matters. Please don't miss that. Standing for truth always matters. Making a difference will always matter. Picking a fight with darkness always matters. Jesus picked a fight with darkness. His people are called to be light, to not stand by. The twine, remember that we talked about the elephant, held back by a single piece of twine? This big, powerful creature that could easily break it, but it's so mentally broken, believing that it's restrained. That's you guys. That's me. So many times we we get settled into believing we can't do something, but it's just a twine that's holding us back from what God can do through us. Elevate the only boundaries of what the Holy Spirit can do through you are the boundaries that you set when you play it safe. The only boundary here is insecurity. It's saying, what if I'm not good enough? What if I can't find help? What if I don't have the resources? What if I start and then I, I, I pucker out? I don't know about you, but I would rather stand before God. And he puts his arm around me and goes, you failed a lot. And they have him put his arm around me and say, you didn't even try. Why didn't you try? It's a frail hindrance. A true man of God is going to make a stand even if it's unpopular. All right, everyone stand up on your feet. Oh, man, now I am acting like my dad bouncing on the stage. You always do the point. Dad, the point's for you. All right, everyone, turn sideways. Doesn't matter. Just show me a shoulder. There are three postures that you can have in a river with current, right? Now, the first one's going to take a little balance. Are you ready? It looks like this. 
Right. Can everyone do that? You have to say, oh, feel free to look nervous on your face. Water is coming over your head. Oh, I'm being carried away in the river. This is you being swept away in the current of the river. Oh, right. All right, put your feet down. There's a second stance that you can have in a river current. It looks like this. Put your feet side by side. Stand up straight. Now, if you have ever been in a river, you know that if you take posture number two, it quickly becomes posture number three. Oh, right. Now, here's the third posture in a river, right? One foot in front of the other, and you brace. Everyone take a nice, strong stance. You're pushing against this flow. Now, God's people are going to take this stance, and then they're going to take this stance, and then this stance. And you know what? As they press against the current, they're going to make ripples. You're going to make waves. It's going to cause a disturbance wherever you are, but you're going to keep marching. Elevate. Y'all take your seats. You will meet resistance when you point to truth and stand for something every time. But Jesus' followers do not get swept away with culture. We have truth through the word of God, and we press against it. Because there's people that are caught in that current that are needing a Savior, that are needing hope. What keeps a world changer going? What keeps us motivated? What keeps us from being overwhelmed by insecurity? It stirs our passion. It's based on Philippians 2.3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. We have a holy ambition instead of a selfish one. A godly world changer realizes that serving Jesus is a life of commitment. It's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of being led by the Holy Spirit to make a difference wherever we go. Go and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28 says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. We aren't just fighting injustice because injustice is mean. There's a lot of people out there that are fighting injustice because they think it's mean. We are fighting injustice because it grieves the heart of our Father. And because by fighting injustice, they see the heart and the love of our Father, and it gives him glory. That's why we stand up against darkness. That's why we keep pressing in the river, because it gives glory to our Father. And you know what? The things that other people are fighting for, if you're fighting against injustice because it's mean, it's going to have a very temporary value. But if you're willing to fight to give God glory in everything that you do, in bringing water, in standing up against bullies, in doing whatever it is in your life, you're going to have eternal value. It's going to last beyond. You may bring someone a peanut butter and jelly on the side of the road and say, hey, eat and be merry. But God's people are going to give them a peanut butter and jelly that comes with truth. You know what? This is from Jesus. No, I'm, I'm nothing. You know, but, but I know that Jesus loves you and there's hope for you. So that what you're doing now has eternal value woven in and tied beautifully to temporal value. What a God we serve. Where do we begin? It's very simple. We take some self-evaluation and realize that we are blessed. If you have a roof over your head, if you have access to technology, if you have more than one meal a day, 
And you are blessed beyond a large percentage of teenagers on this planet. We are so blessed. And if you can start with the understanding that you were blessed, then you move to, you take on the eyes and the love of Jesus. And you begin seeing SCPs around you. You begin seeing injustices and hurts and needs and begin seeing falsities and deceptions. And your blessedness from Jesus becomes a heart of Jesus that becomes like Jesus. And it points and brings truth and love and light. Number one, we become aware. We strip off the SEP field and allow something to hurt our hearts. Kevin Kimmel saw something that hurt his heart. The young man who started dry tears had something that hurt his heart. Maybe there's someone at school, and finally you're going to see them across the lunchroom. It's going to hurt your heart. Begin to let the Lord prick you. Anchor that in Scripture and the Holy Spirit. You need to stand for a biblical purpose. If you're just standing for a temporary injustice because it's mean, then it's not going to have anything lasting. I remember once I was at a big concert, had tons and tons of bands, and I was so excited to be there. And Jackie and I were walking around. We sat down to have lunch, and I look around, and on both sides of me, people are doing drugs. And I was like, wow, <laughs> okay, Lord, this isn't you know, my favorite place to be right now. But we're sitting there eating lunch, and I kid you not, people come by, and they're handing out flyers. And they hand me and Jackie a flyer, and I look at it, and it's a cow, and it has, like, this smoke thing on its head. And I was like, well, this is interesting. Tell me about this. And they're like, stand up for cows. I'm like, they're delicious. And they're like, no, no, no. Cows are being tortured. They're experimenting with cigarette smoke on cows. And we can't, we can't stand for that. And I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. There's people on both sides of us right here who are doing drugs, who are, who are putting chemicals in their bodies that are destroying their bodies. Why cows? Do you know why cows? Because standing up for cows is socially acceptable. That's not going to create resistance. That's not going to create any pushback. No, standing up for cows is easy. But to actually talk to somebody, to share Jesus with them, to share hope with them, to share life beyond what they're bound to, that's hard. It's hard to take a stand for truth, for biblical truth. Become aware. Be led by Scripture and the Holy Spirit. Number three, seek godly counsel. Find wise people that are going to help you with strategies and brainstormings, resources, and wisdom. Seek godly counsel. Your parents, your leaders, your teachers, they're going to have insight on this thing that's hurting your heart, on this thing that you feel like the Holy Spirit is moving you towards. Number four, I love this. This is just a perspective change. Be for something, not just against it. Don't just stand against abortion. Be for life. You see the difference? Don't. See, a leader doesn't get behind a crowd and push. A leader says, let's go. This is the direction. Follow me. Let's go do this together. That's a leader. If you're behind the crowd beating them, that's a tyrant. 
Be for something. Lead people in the way they should go. What does Jesus say? Take it, the word to all nations, baptizing them and teaching them his commandments. Be for something, not just against it. We're not just against the evil. We are for goodness. We are for righteousness. Become aware. Be led by Scripture and the Holy Spirit. Seek godly counsel. Be for something. Three girls, Jessica, Megan, and Joanna, were teen girls, and they were tired of superficial teen magazines. So they founded their own. It's bloomthemagazine.com. And they filled it with articles of hope, of encouragement, of life-giving material. They did it as teenagers. They weren't just against teen magazines. They now became for a good one, one that had substance. Number five, please hear me on this. Pay attention now. Be bold, be courageous, but be humble and loving. This is so silly, but this is the way my brain works. I love steak. It's amazing. Again, cows. But if I was sitting at a fine restaurant and I had this big steak on order and the waiter comes at me with the steak and takes the steak and just boom in my face, that's not a tasty steak. That's a sad, sad steak. Mean, mean waiter. It could be the best cooked steak ever. I'm not going to enjoy it a bit. No, no, what we need, no tip. What we need are people that are going to be servers of truth with a little garnish, with some humility, with some love. They're going to bring truth in what is right and what is good, and that we're going to serve it to people in a way that is loving and compassionate and hopeful and full of joy and peace. Salt, guys. We're salt. We make the atmosphere that we're in enjoyable to be in. What makes you different? I serve Jesus. We're salt. We are waiters of truth. I know that's silly. That's the way my strange brain works. If you are someone who brings truth and you're angry and you know everything and you're prideful about it, you aren't going to bring any difference. You are certainly not going to glorify God. But if you'll bring truth with an ear to listen and hear people's story and hear where they're coming from, if you'll build a relationship with them, they're going to be so much more willing to hear what you have to say too. You cannot be the person on the street corner screaming at people. You have to be the person buying someone coffee. That's how we make a difference because Jesus was humble and he was loving, and he lifted people up from where they were, and he spoke truth. Don't back down from truth. Don't back down from being bold. Don't water down truth to try to fit in or make it more tasty. Let what is flavorful be your life and how you treat people. I want to give a, give a shout-out to my wife. For several years living in Destin, she would every week travel hour and a half to the closest pregnancy resource center that we had, and she would counsel girls that are that were wanting abortions. And there's two ways that she could approach this. 
She could approach it. Let me tell you truth. And this is wrong and you're wrong. And how dare you think about this? But what she, what she did is she just sit down with them and let them talk. Let them cry. She'd minister to them. She, she put a Bible in, her, in their hands. She would, she would share scripture with them. She would talk about life. She would share her own, her own life stories. That is, a, that is a waiter for truth. And all of this has to point back to Jesus. Jesus is the greatest truth that we can stand for. He's the greatest truth that we can push against the current for. Another article, also from ABC News, was about a shooting that happened in Oregon's Umpqua Community College. And here's what the article says. The gunman who opened fire at Oregon's Umpqua Community College, killing 10 and injuring 7, targeted Christians specifically. Before going into spinal surgery, Anastasia Bolin, 18 years old, it was only her second day of college, told her father and her brother, the gunman, that the gunman entered the classroom firing. The professor in the classroom was shot at point blank and the others were hit. Everyone in the classroom dropped to the ground. The gunman, while reloading his handgun, ordered the students to stand up if they were Christians. This is a quote from her. And when they would stand up, he would say, good, because you're a Christian, I guess you'll see God in about a second. Pow. And then he shot and killed them. Jesus will always be controversial. He said it. If the world hated me, they're going to hate my followers. What is right will always be controversial because what is wrong is so much more tasty. You're going to have to be more concerned with pleasing God than you are pleasing the culture around you. I'm going to have to be more concerned with pleasing God and the culture around me. Anastasia could have easily stayed on the ground. I hope that she's an inspiration to to all of us. There's no room in God's church for undercover Christians. It's just not. Those lights that are covered like this so we can blend in and fit easier, there's just no room for that in the body of Christ. Listen to what Jesus says. Man, I hope you have this memorized by now. If anyone would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever's going to fight after after stuff and reputation, they're going to lose their life. But whoever would lose their life for my sake will find it. What does it profit someone if he gains, if she gains the whole world, but gives up their soul? Let your line, let your light, Matthew 5, 16, shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. Anastasia's Heavenly Father was glorified in her stand. The hard thing to do is to point to truth and to stand for it. Recap. There are ignored problems, injustices, and hurting people all around us. Jesus' followers are salt and light who see and change the world around us. The twine that holds us back is insecurity. The gas that drives us is holy ambition for a purpose that's bigger, greater than ourselves. We are called to be bold, but we are always called to do it with an attitude of love and compassion.
Love you guys. This is off topic. We're going to talk about the emerging church. Someone actually asked for that at the New Year's thing. I really appreciate you, whoever you are. I can't wait to tackle that. There's a reason that the church has bent towards homosexuality because they're so afraid of trying to play both games because we know we have scriptural truth. But at the same time, they want to water down truth so they can try to serve that stake kind of thing. But you have to understand that the difference between a genuine Jesus follower who is standing on truth and what they're trying to do is exactly what I was talking about. We have to speak truth and boldness, but we have to do it with compassion and love and patience. And we can do both. God's people can do both. We can minister to people that are rejecting the church because we have love and compassion and empathy like Jesus did. We have to be willing to speak truth, but we have to do it with love. So here's your challenge. That was just a caveat. That was for free. Here's your challenge. Every world changer begins with small steps. So try this out. Pray for open eyes and choose something to stand for. Make a plan of five doable steps and do step one this week. Five doable steps. If you're like, if your plan is I'm going to end world hunger, there is no five doable steps between A to Z on that. Come up with something that is attainable in step number one and maybe a little harder in step number two because you can fight world hunger. You have the power to do that. You can research. You can Google ministries nearby. Come up with five steps. You see a need. Pray that God will show you a need. Get in the fight. Come up with five doable steps. Do step one this week. And here's just some examples. These are students from around the country. I'm not in this room. I don't want to make anybody feel awkward. Noah, who is 17, recognizes that video games have been a compromise in his life and have weakened areas of importance to him, particularly with his family. So he wants to build his relationships with his family. Number one, he sold his Xbox. Woo! Love that dude. Number two, he rearranged his room so that the TV wasn't the center. Number three, he spoke with someone he looked up to about some good books to read. Number four, he spent some of his extra time with his sister every week. And number five, he joined his mom in a project around the house. Serena, age 16, feels that she compromises her sexual purity and wants to help other girls too. Number one, she recruited someone she respects to mentor her and to hold her accountable. Number two, she begins a blog of stories, encouragement to girls and forums. Number three, she contacted a friend to help her with a graphic design for a flyer to hand out about her blog. Number four, she found an extroverted friend to help spread the word at school. And number five, she researched what it would take to start a nonprofit organization. Get out of your comfort zone. Go beyond what's expected. Collaborate. Be diligent in the small things. Stand for something. Point to truth. We're going to have a little time of just prayer. And let's pray together in here. So let's, let's close our eyes, every head bowed.
take a minute. Maybe the Holy Spirit is calling you to something in your life, in your world, right now, in your teen years. Can teen years have value? Correction, teen years should have value. Is there a need that you see? Is there something that's been pricking your heart? Is something coming to mind? Holy Spirit, Jesus, I pray that you are opening imaginations right now. You're opening memories. Lord, I pray that you will open our hearts to be pricked. Soften us. Remove the calluses. Remove the the SEPs so that we can see clearly the darkness around us. And I pray that you are motivating and empowering students in here to change what they see, to engage the world around them, to be light, to be salt. Thank you for listening. Episodes are recorded every Wednesday at Elevate Student Ministry. All students, 7th through 12th grades, are welcome.